Welcome to Lawmen, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from days of yore. I'm Alistair Beckett-King. And I'm James Shankshaft. And in this episode, I'm going to initiate James Shankshaft into the fraternity of vagabonds. Ooh. Yeah, how do you like that? It sounds good. Uh, have I got to do anything? You're going to need a long stick with a hook on the end. Whoa. Yeah. Well, now, I've got some of them. All right, then let's go. Cool. So, Alistair, do you have a story for me? Well, in fact, I've got a collection of tiny little stories, which are all part of a big bundle of weird legend. How does that sound? Excellent. That is right up my alley. James, I would like to tell you about the Fraternity of Vagabonds. Ooh. This comes from a series of pamphlets that were published in Elizabethan England yes. about the basically... An entire criminal subculture that was believed to exist, which were, which was the the fraternity of vagabonds. So this is everything from from beggars to con artists and all that sort of thing. They were all working together and had their own complex society with its rules and regulations. And uh, a few people published complete taxonomies of all the different types of vagabond there was. Oh yes. And then I read it. Yeah. And I'm going to summarise it for you. Is it ongoing today? Well, that's it's genuinely very interesting because it's very Daily Mail. The whole thing's incredibly Daily Mail because they're convinced that there's a whole criminal, degenerate uh, world just outside of view, you know, threatening respectable society in a very sort of Daily Mail way. And also, a lot of them are immigrants. They're specifically said to be Welshmen <laughs> or Irish. Oh, so it's super, super tabloidy and Daily Mail in the way it's written oh. and incredibly judgmental, but also just so clearly nonsense. Brilliant. Has it got like a glossary of terms? Oh, it's got, it's just get, you get ready. It's got absolutely no supernatural, but what it lacks in supernatural, it makes up for in its really long glossary of terms, which I will come to. Yes. I'll start with the, the bit of it, which isn't nonsense, which is Jamini Salgado published a book called Coney Catchers and Bawdy Baskets. Good on him or her. It's a collection of uh, about four of these pamphlets, uh, which is the, the source that I've been using here. It, uh, it starts with one called A Manifest Detection of Dice Play, probably by Gilbert Walker. And that one is fairly accurate, and it's just a description of all the different scams that the uh, the coney catchers would play. So a coney is like a rabbit, but it also means a naive man. Really? Yeah. So like if a ri- if you were a rich young gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you know, as you as you were once, James, an educated young man walking around London town. I was young once. You could have been walking around Cheapside looking to have a chat with a young lady. Oh yeah. Or play a game of cards with some other fellows, mm-hmm. and you might have been you might have met one of these coney catchers if you'd done it in Elizabethan England, and they would have taken you away to a, a house and uh, one way or another got all of your money out of you. No. Oh. 
and they were very clever about it. They have all kinds of things like um, ways of marking cards. He describes all the ways they do it with a tiny dot of ink or with tiny little nicks on the sides of the cards. Uh-huh. One of the ones I like is the, the dice that they use. They have names like uh, Cater Tray, which I guess is 4-3, so it would only show up a 4 or a 3 because it was slightly wider on one side. Uh-huh. My favourite one is the dice that had a little hog's bristle nice. glued into the, the dot of the, the 1 mm-hmm. so it would never roll a 6. Uh-huh. That's pretty good, isn't it? My favourite scam, I think, of all the scams that people used to pull is called Half Part. And that was carried out by uh, by ring droppers, they're called. Mm. Um, so you'd be walking along, you know, near St. Paul's, mm. and you'd spot a ring on the ground. And just as you were going to pick it up, somebody else would shout, Half Part, meaning I have also spotted this ring, mm. and therefore we have to split the value of the ring because we both spotted it at the same time. Ah. Seems fair. Uh, yeah, they would say, oh, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a ring expert and this ring looks very valuable. You, you just need to take it somewhere and, and sell it and, and you'll be rich. I, I tell you what, I've got to be somewhere. Why don't you just pay me for half of the value of the ring and then you can keep all the ring? And that seems like a great deal. Yes. So you you do that. And then what happens, James? It's not worth anything. That is an excellent grift. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they literally described that happening to them quite recently. Yeah, in the present day. Yeah. I mean, not the present day, obviously. Um, <laughs> it would definitely be quite clearly a scam if it happened right now. Yeah. Someone came into your house. Oh, I spotted that as well. Someone pops a ring through your letterbox. It's got to be a hard time for grifters. But the, the nicest thing about that, uh, as with all of the most elegant grifts, is it relies upon your greed. Mm. So you have to have been thinking you were getting a pretty good deal yes. in order to fall for it, that, which, is, which makes it hard to report because you, you have to admit that you were being greedy or doing something nefarious. And all the best grifts have that sort of moralistic element in them rather than just being a trick. It sort of makes you feel a bit guilty. So you sort of maybe slightly think like, I kind of deserved that. I'll take my lesson from this. Yes. There's sort of two ways of categorizing the vagabonds. The first is in the, the... 25 Orders of Knaves. Whoa. I won't read all 25 of them, but they have names like Troll and Troll By, Troll With, Troll Hazard of Trace, (sighs) Troll Hazard of Tri-Trace, Obloquium. (laughs) Obloquium. Munch Present. Munch Present. Munch Present. Jeffrey God's Foe. Ooh. I feel like if you were God's Foe, Jeffrey is quite a low-key name. Unthrift, Ungracious, Chop Logic, and Ingratus. Ooh. Oh, and Ding Thrift. Hey, hey, hey. A Ding Thrift, though. I just think that's someone who's got a bell but doesn't want to wear it out. <laughs> a Ding Thrift is he that will make his master's horse eat pies and ribs of beef and drink ale and wine. Such false knaves oft times will sell their master's meat to their own profit. So what, he's just selling the meat? The Ding Thrift? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, other ones try and eat their master's meat. A lot of it is about the policing of meat. So that's a list of the different ways in which servants can misbehave and a name for each different type of misbehaving servant. But the fraternity of vagabonds themselves have apparently different orders and these these work strictly sort of within the like the thieves guild and their names like uh, Tinker which we'd recognize, mm-hmm. Peddler, Jarkman, Patrico, a demander for glimmer. Oh. A bawdy basket. Oh. A walking mort, an autumn mort. And uh, an upright man. An upright man is like the enforcer of the vagabond. So, like, if you were, let's say, you were starting out as a as a trainee beggar, mm-hmm. uh, an upright man might come up to you and ask who had stalled you into the uh, the thieves' guild. Right. And if you couldn't name the upright man that did that, he would get a, a quart of booze and pour it over your head and say, "So it was me." I would say, "I, Alistair Beckett King, do stall thee, James Shakespeare, to the rogue, and that henceforth it shall be lawful for thee to cant." 
Mm? i.e. speak the beggar's tongue, also known as peddler's French. Ooh. It's coming. Yes. It's coming, but I'll move on to a couple of other types of vagabond. I guess I guess it kind of makes sense that we've only heard of like the sort of the lower down ones, like the peddler, the rogue and what was the other one? Uh, Hooker is the one I was about to tell you. Oh, well, all those sort of ones we know because they're like street level. But then the other, I guess the upper echelons or lower echelons, I don't know which way round it would go because it's... It'd probably go downwards, wouldn't it? Like the circles of hell. Yeah. Yeah. The bosses would be at the bottom. Those ones are more like you only find out about them once you get in. Yeah. Yeah. Like Scientology. <laughs> yeah. It has weird rules, like um, they have their own marriages. A patrico or patriarch-co is their priest, and the priest will marry them until death do they part. Mm-hmm. And what that means is when the, a married couple come upon a dead cow or horse, they're divorced. You what? And that's the end of the marriage. Yep, you're married until you see a dead cow. What? That's how, that's how it works, apparently. Don't blame me. If you're a thief and you're married and it's date night... And your partner wants to take you to the abattoir. <laughs> it's a really bad sign, yeah. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, and, and this is Elizabethan England, so we can only assume dead horses and cows were basically littered all over the place. Yeah, I imagine there was a few, or you knew where to find them. So if you were a married woman, you'd be called uh, an autumn mort. Autumn meant church, so a church woman, uh-huh. autumn mort. But if you were an unmarried woman, you'd be called a walking mort, right. i.e. up for grabs. Mort like death. Yes, that's how it's spelt. Okay. So yeah, this is a somewhat misogynistic world. It sounds like it's quite the patriarcho casey. Oh, very. Oh, very nice. Mm. Feminist wordplay. Mm-hmm. So here's a little story about a hooker. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's a different meaning to the modern word of hooker. Oh, okay. It's a man good. with a long pole that he would walk with, with a little hole in the end that he could screw a hook into, and he would use the hook for stealing. Oh. That sounds fun, though. You might think, how's someone going to get all that stuff I've put in a tree? He's ready for you. Ah, why does he not just have the hook attached? At all times. Yes, I, I, I assume it's so that if you come along and say, look, a hooker, you can go, where's the hook? It's no hook. That's just a stick. Yes, yeah, I'm a stick, mate. It's a stick with a hole in the end. I'm a hole stickman. You got a hook in your pocket? Yep. Yes, I do. It's for different purposes. What, you've never had a hook in your pocket? Okay. <laughs> so the, the writer uh, says, I was credibly informed, I'm reading now, uh, a quote. I was credibly informed that a hooker came to a farmer's house in the dead of night and putting back a draw window of a low chamber, the bed standing hard by the said window, in which lay three parsons, a man and two big boys. <laughs> what? I just really like the phrase two big boys. Yeah, I, like I, it. Might be, I think it's two big boys. Two big boys. Is that separate to the three parsons? I think they, it means persons. I'm just reading it as parsons because uh, that's how it's spelt because it's Elizabethan English. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, so no. Three people in the bed. Right. And with his hook... He hooked off all of the bedclothes and all of their normal day clothes which they were using to keep them warm and left them completely naked. That is some sweet hooking skills. Yep. Yep. It's a bit like, um, do you remember the Mr. Man books, Mr. Tickle? It's kind of like Mr. Tickle Nights. (laughs) Is that after the model of Hollyoaks Nights? Yeah, or Baywatch Nights or Corrie Nights. (laughs) I don't know. I was just thinking, do you remember Thunder in Paradise? Yeah. The TV show? With um, Hulk Hogan. Was it Hulk Hogan? Because it was obviously made to mimic Baywatch. Because the theme tune to Thunder in Paradise, if you remember, was Thunder in Paradise. The girls are pretty. Ooh, they look nice. (laughs) Which is the worst (laughs) piece of writing ever. Yeah. But the thing is, that is the reason everybody watched Baywatch. Mm. But the show didn't admit that was the reason. It, people watch Baywatch. Baywatch insisted that people were watching it. For hints and tips on health and safety <laughs> on a beach. 
It's sort of like um, the Archers. Really? Started out as it was actually, you know, sort of educational farming. Is that right? Yeah, it was. I think it was like to let farmers know when you're supposed to do things throughout the year. And now it's just de- degenerated yeah. into a soap opera. Yeah, it's all boobs. <laughs> Yeah, you can't tell, but everybody is topless all the time in the Archers. Yeah. I'm going to check that. Oh, not the boobs thing, the um, <laughs> the origin of the Archers. This is from Wikipedia, so I might have just written this in myself, to be honest. Uh, originally produced with collaborative input from the Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries and Food, the Archers was conceived as a means of disseminating information to farmers and smallholders to increase productivity. James, the Archers is compromised. Oh, yeah. The government has its hand in this pie as well. Is nothing pure. It was actually originally invented as a farming Dick Barton. I don't know what that means. <laughs> a farming Dick Barton. Okay. A farming Dick Barton. <laughs> Would you like to hear what rogues used to get up to? Yes, sorry. It's very D&D. They all have very specific categories and very specific qualities and different outfits. Ah, oh, yes. Two rogues who looked very similar mm. uh, and claimed to be twins were in a uh, an inn and they got chatting about the, the local parson and they asked about, they said, we're the nephews of the local parson. Where Where is he? Is that actual parson or not person? This is an actual parson, yes. Uh, yeah, a local priest. Thinking she, they were his nephews, the, the innkeeper, she gave them uh, all of the information about the local parson and they went to the parson's house to rob him. But their building was made of stone and the windows were all sort of mullioned, which is a lovely word, but I never quite know what it means. It meant there were no big openings that you could get through. Yeah, it means hook proof. I always visualise a sea creature of some kind. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Covered with sort of barnacles. Yeah. First of all, these guys were rogues, so you probably could have got a, ho- a hook in through a mullion, but these guys were not hookers, they were rogues, so they needed to get into the building themselves. Oh, I'm so sorry. So what they did was uh, they, they knocked on the window right? Uh, and they, they begged the parson for a, for a little bit of uh, change. Right. And being a parson, he went, oh, okay, here's, here's a few pennies. Uh, and when he reached down to give them the pennies, they put a horse lock, which is like a big padlock, I think, mm. onto his arm so he couldn't get his hand back in oh. his own window. And they said, we're going to chop your arm off unless you give us oh. all the money in the house. So he had to shout and wake the woman upstairs and they gathered all the, the goodies in the in the house and they had to parcel them out through the tiny little mullion and the rogues headed off Uh, and they they said we'll unlock you on the condition that you go to the inn tomorrow and spend 12 pence in the inn tomorrow because he promised to do it and because he was passing he went and spent his 12 pence in the inn and he said what's going on two people robbed me and she went oh you mean your nephews and he went they aren't my nephews well she gave him some quite sensible advice she said by my trough never speak more of it when they shall understand of it in the parish they will but laugh you to scorn and that was the end of it and then he never told anyone Although how that story came to be recorded, bearing in mind that both people in that conversation agree never to speak of it, I don't know. Rogues bragging. Or maybe they told a bragger. I've got one more story of uh, a type that I think is quite good. This is the story of a walking mort, i.e. a a normal woman. Mm -hmm. Standard woman. So she was pregnant. Oh, yeah. Didn't know the father. The writer is extremely judgmental about that. Mm -hmm. And she had cravings for oysters. So she went out to to the coast and she was just digging up and eating raw oysters Straight out of the beach. That's quite a craving. And yeah. Fell in a hole, didn't she? Oh. Right up to her middle and couldn't get out. <laughs> yeah. Wedged is the word I would use. And a man came along and said he would help get her out of the hole if she would lie with him. Oh. And she wasn't particularly averse to lying with him, but she'd been in that town before and she knew that man's wife. And so she was uh, she was loath to betray his wife by lying with that guy. So she said yes. She made a deal to come by his farm later on that day. But before that... She went and found his wife. Mm-hmm. She told her, thank you for telling me. Um, come come by later on, as you said. 
and then wait until his pants are down, wait until his trousers are off, and shout, now fie for shame fie. Uh-huh. That will be the watchword. So she did exactly as she was told. She came by later that evening, and when his pants were down, mm-hmm. she shouted, uh, and I'm going to quote now, now fie for shame fie, saith she aloud, which was the watchword, at which word these five furious, sturdy, muffled gossips flings out and takes sure hold of this betrayed person, soon plucking his hosen down lower and binding the same fast about his feet, then binding his hands and knitting a handkerchief about his eyes that he should not see. And when they had made him sure and fast, they laid him one until they were windless. Oh, bloody hell. Yep, so five old ladies beat him up. Oh. And uh, she came back to that town a year later, and the report was that he had become a very good and loyal husband. Right. And that was reported by that walking mortar as the one good deed she had done in the year. Good? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's quite the tale, isn't it? And what? So they were gossips, did you gossips, say? Gossips, i.e. I, I old women. Oh, uh, okay. It wasn't like, they're going to do this and they're going to tell everyone. Well, gossip comes from God-sib, I think, uh, as in godparent. Sib as in sibling. Excuse me? So I think it means person of a godparent's age. But how does that relate to telling tales? Oh, just because it's a characteristic of old people to chatter and tell tales. So that's where it comes from. Well, I never. <laughs> you learn something new. That's the kind of thing an old person would say. Eee! Eee! That's the big noise in the northeast from from old ladies. Eee! Is it? Yeah, if you ever if you do anything slightly unexpected, like go to London for a day <laughs> or have thoughts above your station or gain a qualification of any kind, it would be eee! Get Huel delivered. <laughs> now fair enough, fair enough on that one. <laughs> Which brings me to the pelting speech, the cant of the beggars, peddler's French. Ooh, la la. I've got a glossary here. I can't possibly read you the whole glossary. There's a couple of interesting things, like a few fra- a few words in it we would recognise, like booze for alcohol, for instance. Oh, yeah. A purse is called a, a bung, which we would understand as meaning like a bribe, but that's pretty close. Yes. High women were called snafflers. That's lovely. Uh, and you were telling me before, you, you snaffled a few biscuits, so we still use the word snaffle. Yes, definitely. Duds means clothes. Oh, yeah. Oh, the best one, by the way, is night and day are lightmans and darkmans. Nice. Oh, and uh, wine is called Rome booze. Nice. The upright man speaketh. Bene lightmans to thy quorums. In what libkin hast thou lived in this darkmans, whether in a libbage or in the strummel? Which means, good morrow to thy body. In what house hast thou lain in all night? whether in a bed or in the straw. Mm. The rogue replies, I couched in a hogshead in a skipper this darkman's. I laid me down to sleep in a barn this night. The upright man says, I tore the strummel trine upon thy nabcheat and togman. I see the straw hang upon thy cap and coat. Why hast thou only lowered in thy bung to booze? Why hast thou any money in thy purse to drink? And so it goes on like that, and they mainly talk about drinking and crimes. Yes. Because these guys have a habit of saying their criminal plans aloud before doing them, it's necessary for them to encode it in some way. Yeah, ex- yeah, we have a similar thing because we've got children. You have to develop a, a like a sort of code language mm. to be able to talk about things. Because like when you've got a li- like a one year old, if they hear a word of a thing they like, like banana, they're just going to go on about bananas until they get a banana. So we started calling it a yellow dog. <laughs> That's very nice. There was a, a sort of an in-family language on my wife's side, which was a sort of version of Pig Latin, but not quite the same. And I've looked it up, and its literal definition is gobbledygook. Oh, nice. Now, I hope my child doesn't listen to this podcast, because I'm going to tell you <laughs> the format. <laughs> uh, turn off now, if you are listening. Go and have a banana. Shut up! I'm in a yellow dog! It's basically before... 
every vowel you say egg. Oh. So I'm not very good at it, but it would be... Say go and have a banana. Gay go, egg and, hey gav, egg a, bay, gay, nay, gar, nay, gar. Yeah, that's really confusing. Yeah. I would have no idea. <laughs> I would not realise. Say, yeah. do I slept in a barn? I'm not very good at it. A guy, slay... Gept. Slay, gept. A gin. A gin. A gay. Bagan, yeah. Wow, that's hard to do. And if you're talking about a, a gay baby, it just becomes <laughs> a freestyle rap. It's funny you should mention rap, James, because uh, as you know, I'm an expert in hip hop. It's your fa- it's one of your favourite things. It's one of my favourite art forms. Your name is Alistair Beckett King and you're here to say you talk about rap every single day. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for rapping my love of rap. What I thought I would do is to try and bring... Because I was worried mm. that this wouldn't be that relevant to the kids. Well, I think I've covered the kids. The very youngest kids. Just give them a banana, they're happy. <laughs> yeah. What I've done is I've tried to translate a hip-hop hit into Peddler's French for you. Oh, In nice. order to just make it relevant. Excellent. Anyway, I've chosen Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Yes. That's 30 years old? 35 years old? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty one of the more recent <clears throat> hip-hop tunes. Joints. I, I'm not going to properly wrap it because the meter has been somewhat damaged by translating it into peddler's French. But I'm going to I'm going to do my best. All right. <clears throat> yep. I ween great Pratt be most bene ship, and I mourn cut Benelli. You brother peddlers plant the wids. Should a doxy bing hereby with an elfin girdle and a round thing hard by your glaziers, thou gettest sprung. <laughs> you would fain take rubs. Tauter quorum couched in the drawers she be wearing. I'm trining on the chats, and I can't not stop tattling. That's good. That was as far as I could get. It took about three hours. That's, yeah. Do, um, sh- should I do the intro in the gobbledygook? <laughs> the bit where Linda is talking to Becky. Yeah. Ego, may guy, gay god. Legook, egat, <laughs> they gat, begat. <laughs> oh, it's, oh my god, look at that butt. I don't need to tell you that. No, 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 of course. Look, I've read it in quite a lot of detail over the last few hours. <laughs> it's very difficult to get the meter right. It starts well. I ween great prats be most beneship, and I mourn cut benelli. That's where it messes up. But you brother peddlers plant the wids. Plant <laughs> the wids. I really think that works. Should a doxy bing hereby with an elfin girdle and a round thing hard by your glaziers, thou gettest sprung. I couldn't find a translation for sprung. Ah. There wasn't a word for it in the past no so the, it literally translates as i believe great buttocks be most excellent and i must speak well you brother peddlers do not speak amiss should a woman come here with a narrow waist and mm. a round thing very near your eyes <laughs> yeah you get sprung you would do hard shifts see her body asleep in the trousers she is wearing <laughs> i'm hanging on the gallows and I cannot stop watching. <laughs> that was the best I could do. I mean, what you're doing there as well is you're providing a service for any <laughs> criminals who do want to fully understand the hip-hop of the 80s. Yeah, I see myself as a bridge between those two groups. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a brief tour of the Fraternity of Vagabonds. Oh, that's great. Which I've now made you a part of. You're going to pour beer on me, Ed? I will at the next opportunity. Some Rome booze. Oh, nice. Oh, Rome booze. I might try and bring that in. Delicious glass of Rome booze. Mmm. Try the Rome booze. It's very good. There's some other good ones. Mm-hmm. So, of course, a smelling cheat is a nose. <laughs> a prattling cheat is a tongue. 
fambles our hands. How is this? Stamps our legs. How is this part of a criminal plan? <laughs> a cackling cheat is a cocker a cap on. A roger or tib of the buttery is a goose. <laughs> a jigger is a door. To cut bene wids is to speak good words. Oh. And to cut queer wids is to give evil words or oh. speak evil language. It's quite a lot of crossover with Polari in that, though, mm. isn't there? Benny's Polari. Which began as uh, in, sort of among travelling and circus folk and a, as a sort of criminal uh, criminal code before it moved into the Navy and became part of gay subculture. Because no one wanted anyone to know if they thought something was good. <laughs> it does feel like you don't really need a code word for good, yeah. Mm. Like, as if you're saying, Twould be Benny, should we rob that bank? Mm. <laughs> they got a Benny amount of money in there. <laughs> oh, there is a really rude bit. Mm. I've compl- James, I completely forgot to read you the really rude bit. Go on. This bit's so rude that it isn't translated. Wow. Can we g- have a guess? Listeners write in. There was a proud Patrico and a nose gent. That's a proud priest and a nun. Is this like when the rap album had parental advisory explicit lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> he took his jockum in his famble and a whopping he went. Well. What could that mean? Famble means hand. Uh, jockum means... Um, it's Googleable. Mm. He took his jockum in his famble, and a whopping he went. He docked the dell, he prigged to prance. He binged a waste into the darkmans. He filched the cove without any filchman. <laughs> he got out to some stuff. He's on Bing. <laughs> I think it's time for some scores. Yes, certainly. First category, let's just get it out of the way. Supernatural. Zero. Okay. Are you sure? I don't think there's anything supernatural in there, is there? There's some lies, but I, there's no ghosts... I can't find any spooks. There's probably some scams that would involve some sort of supernatural element. Perhaps putting some fear into a parson? Mm. No, there isn't anything supernatural. No. I'll take my one, then. uh, None. See, I tried to get you there. I tried to get you with one of the classic scams. (laughs) The miss here. A classic hustle. And I tried to do it to you there, and it didn't work. You did. I'm too wise for you. Zero points. All right. Second category... Names. Yes, okay then. There's a lot of names here, and all of them good. I haven't even read all of the names. No. What was Bloquium for a dream? What was that about? Oh, Bloquium. Oh, Bloquium. And a Bloquium is he that will take a tail out of his master's mouth and tell it himself. Oh, that is... That's not cool, man. A munch present will eat your food. Yeah. If you if you send him somewhere with your food, he'll eat a little bit on the way. Oh, it would be um, hypocritical for me to damn people that did that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a on-the-way nibbler? I'm a hungry man. You're a munch present. I guess so. You need a little bit of walking around food. A curry favel. Yeah. Is he that will lie in his bed and curry the bedboards in which he lieth instead of his horse? I don't know what that means. Uh, Have you ever curried a bed? I hope not. I might be why I lost my deposit on the um, <laughs> place I went to Brixton. Well, on that occasion, you were a curry favel. The word for the mark in a scam is... A barnacle. <laughs> yep. That's good. Because normally it seems to be that they're almost normal people's names. Because you've got a John, a Patsy. Oh, yeah. And a Mark. Yeah. They're standard names. <laughs> it's like when I realised there's quite a few haircuts that are just people's names. The Bob. <laughs> the Tony Tail. <laughs> that doesn't work. It's just Bob, isn't it? It's just, it is just Bob. Or um, Jerry Curls. And the triplets, short back and sides. <laughs> Mo Heacon. <laughs> Maureen Heacon. 
in full. <laughs> so what's the score for names? Oh. Because it has every single name you could dream of. Five. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's a Benny five. I bet there's a, a word for five. Uh, sank or sink. Oh, so it's a little bit French. Benny sank, thank you. Next category, world building. World building. Oh, yes. Yes, I have been your dungeon master. I have lured you into this space. The rogues, the upright men, the brotherhood of vagabonds, the autumn morts, the kinchin morts. Oh, yeah. The sideways men. I made up sideways men, but I could easily have not. I imagine that's definitely a thing, a sideways man. Because a curry favel is lying down, fully horizontal. An upright man's fully up. We need someone at the 45 degree point. Yeah, a slanty peak. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like the idea that you hear about it with um during the Great Depression there was the like the code the hobo code. Hobo code, yeah. That's cool, isn't it? That's a neat little thing. Is the hobo code real? I don't know, but, but I read about it because people were thinking that it was happening again reasonably re- like within the last couple of years there was like stuff about like oh, if people have drawn this on the pavement outside your house yes. it means this. And it was like someone from Circo or something like the building company was just like no, it just means there's a gas line there. It made me so annoyed because it's like, oh, if they've drawn this, it means that your house has got good stuff to steal. Well, who are they telling? Why yeah. Why not just either steal it yourself, at which point you have stolen it and it's not there anymore. Or just remember. It's just nonsense. But people are so ready to believe that there's uh, a secret network of thieves. They're all trying to steal your stuff. There's another sort of version of that to do with like the gangs of London, the postcode battles graffiti signs on on road signs and that means different things is that true i don't know if it's true or not i'm i'm not in a gang what's your postcode then oh X. probably can't put that in the podcast what's your what's your uh, mother's maiden name <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's king oh yeah part of my surname well, i love it i imagine it's nonsense I'm almost completely sure it's nonsense. I think it's almost a conspiracy theory. It just gives you an excuse not to feel sorry for anyone. Oh, I suppose. Because whenever a beggar comes, you go, oh, this is this is one of those people feigning the crank, which is epilepsy. Oh, I, I, another one was the freshwater mariners whose ships were wrecked on the plains of Salisbury. Uh. It's just a way of allowing you to create a whole fantasy world so that you don't have to ever feel sorry for someone. It's also, it's quite a lot of effort to go to yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and it keeps referring to them as idle. Like these, uh, at one point it says, these idle men who walk from town to town. Like, you try walking from town <laughs> to town. That is tiring. They've learned how to play cards really well. That isn't easy, making a little fake cater tray dice. They've got a second language. They're bilingual. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a point away because it's a bit, inherently, it's kind of prejudiced you're knocking a point off for bigotry yeah this time this time (laughs) (laughs) not saying you might you might get one you might get an extra point for bigotry later it depends on the nature of the score the next category is bigotry (laughs) no it isn't my final category is furious sturdy muffled gossips oh of the kind that beat up that chap the kind that beat up that chap of which there were Five. Count them. I can't count them because I'm blindfolded. Yeah, that's true. With a handkerchief. So I guess you get five. Yes. I just... I want I want them to get their own spin-off. What's it? The five furious... Five stur... It's the, it's the sturdiness of them. Five sturdy old women. Five sturdy old women who who fling out and Alistair, attack people. Alistair, you've just invented the Golden Girls. <laughs> I haven't watched Golden Girls. Is that what it is? It's, it's like a bunch of old women in america who are quite sturdy yeah and funny are they sturdy yeah 
And then they're all either widowers or divorced. Would they pluck a man's hosen down and bind it fast about his feet? I think it was on pre-Watershed, but they... Ah. Yeah, I think Blanche would, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this, Golden Girls. What is this, Golden Girl? <laughs> Did it come before and after the last cultural thing of which I was aware? Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. At a guess, I'd say it was concurrent with Quantum Leap. Oh, okay. But it wasn't part yes. of the extended Quantum Leap universe. Most TV programmes weren't. Most things weren't. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're talking about Quantum Leap. It's a while since we've talked about Quantum Leap on this podcast. And maybe our next episode will be the Leap Home. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Was that the theme to the Golden Ghost? Through a party, invited everyone you know. You could see the biggest gift would be for me. And a cut a touch would say, Thank you for being a friend. I ween great Pratt's be most benership, and I mourn cut Benley. You brother peddlers <laughs> plant the wits. Should a doxy bring hereby with an elfin girdle and a round thing hard by your glaziers? The lawman medley. <laughs> Well, there you have it, James. Benny. Benny podcast, I'd say. Yeah. Have they got a word for podcast? Hold on, I'll just look through the book. <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or chuck us a couple of quid on coffee.com. You could cut Bene Wids in the review section on iTunes if you want. How would they say retweet? It's just retweet, according to this. It's <laughs> the same. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it with your hearing cheats. Bene ship lightmans to all. I think we need to have another little um, clarification and potential apology about last week's episode, Alistair. Do we? I was looking up Sherburn. Oh, yeah? Place origin. And everywhere I'm seeing it, it's saying that Sherburn means a nice clean stream or brook, not right. what you described as a brook. Yeah, yeah, that's what they want you to think, James. That's why they renamed it. I, that doesn't mean that I think it wasn't a burn. They use clean water to, to sluice the poo away. If you if your town's called burn, you're not going to rename it to crap burn. You're going to rename it to really nice clean burn. Clean burn. I, I just can't believe you've bought into the propaganda, James. It's so obvious. I, I, I think you, you're a victim of propaganda against those good, honest, upstanding people over the scrambles. <laughs> you haven't met them, James. You haven't met them. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about all of them smoke they all smoke <laughs> okay then well i'm just saying uh, that's what i found out so if you want to stick by your yeah i do okay fine ne never let it be said that i changed my opinion when presented with new evidence <laughs> <laughs>